Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Mike Machuga. Check out MachugaBowling.com for more on Mike and what he's up to these days. Mike Bowl collegiately at Nebraska University. Mike, Tim Berg, and Coach K. Steve Klempkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. Well, you went to the University of Nebraska. You're a two-time PBA national champion. You were very successful when you bowled collegiately as well. What do you think it takes from college? What could you take with you to help become a PBA champion? Well, it's a, it, it certainly is a high level of dedication. Um, you know, I, I've always been a, a, a big practicer. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, that's where my success comes from. And granted, everybody's got, uh, athletic ability of, of certain levels, and I'm sure that mine is quite high, but I've never been somebody that can just, uh, just, uh, grab a ball and go out and compete. I, I have to put the work in. And when I don't practice, um, uh, my shot making is, is very, very poor. So, uh, I, I think it takes just a, a lot of hard, hard work, hard practice, uh, and practicing on the right, the right kind of things. Uh, and I know that uh, when we were uh, back touring uh, for several weeks at a time uh, throughout the season, when I was preparing, I was preparing, uh, you know, a good six to eight hours a day, six times a week. Um, I've just, yeah, well, a lot of different practice sessions, but um, they weren't just throwing strikes. Um, some of them I would, I would come in for an hour and, and just shoot corner pins. Um, another one uh, I would I would work on uh, just my straight game. Another one I would work in uh, just my hook game, and, and then there were the days where I would go back and forth, shot to shot. One I'd play pretty straight up the second arrow, and the next one I would I would bang on a little bit and, and circle, just so that my tools I had a, had a good management of those tools. And I think that's a that's a, a big part of being uh, successful at the highest level is to is to have management uh, of your versatility. Did did you get some of that? philosophy from the University of Nebraska? You know, you and I, we actually met uh, bowling in college there. I was at Wichita State, and I think two of your sisters as well also competed there at Nebraska, and they've got a great program there. So, you know, one, i got a few questions for you. Why'd you choose Nebraska? And uh, two, did you know, did you get that uh, kind of mentality or philosophy there um, from the university? Yeah, um, you know, my sisters were recruited by Mike Shady, um, which actually my, my sister ended up marrying Mike Shady uh, several years after college. Um, and I kind of followed their footsteps. I, I really like the way that Bill Straub teaches, Bill Straub being the coach out at the uh, University of Nebraska. Um, he really focuses on fundamentals, uh, timing, posture, and balance, and uh, and a uh, good foundation. And uh, that's why I really, really like to work with Bill um, because he's just so good on, on the fundamental aspects. Um, and um I don't know that Bill really taught me all that much about versatility as much as it did as he did the the teach me the right positions, the right timing, uh and, and get the, you know, a really good foundation. Um and that allowed me to learn versatility down the road. It wasn't it definitely wasn't something that was uh, quickly learned. Um but as far as the fundamentals goes, I think I think Bill's as good as they come. 
So, Mike, what are uh, what's one of your most memorable moments from bowling at which at uh, Wichita State? Yeah, right. Uh, from bowling at Nebraska. Hey, 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 hey careful. <laughs> <laughs> we were arch rivals. Um, you know, uh, that that was you just. Uh, <laughs> we we were a bit of arch rivals, but uh, you know, I, I think that to the guys uh, still got along, even though that uh, we were arch rivals, so to speak, and we were really wanted to beat each other uh, every day. Uh, I think that. Uh, there was a, a lot of good camaraderie uh, between the two teams. You know, I, I, I used to actually love watching Josh Hale ball. I think that uh, he just had one of the most powerful, powerful balls and powerful releases I'd ever seen. And just just to, to watch how much yeah. power he could create um, was was remarkable. I really liked watching watching him bowl, and, and uh, always always loved watching Steve bowl too. You know, we we kind of fed off each other over the years. And I uh, just, uh, just love watching Steve Bowl. But as far as the memories in college, um, I don't know that I have any one that really sticks out. But uh, what, I, what, I, what I take with me all the time is, is, is how cool it was to, you know, to, to, to live in everybody else's shot. You know, it's, uh, the focus in college bowling is team bowling. And uh, you know, the fact that your overall team score relies on five different guys uh, performances uh, and and to live you know within each other is, is really really cool and, and how to feed off of each other and, and help each other get lined up and those kind of things uh, is it, just really cool and I really miss that about uh, about team bowling um, just a just a you know just a different way uh, to, to play a game and, and to get involved with everybody else is is, uh, is really really cool. I don't think anything could be as exciting as uh, as a bowling center is when you get a good college tournament in there. The the just the vibes and, and the excitement is, is is very unique. Yeah, the energy level there is definitely something you don't you don't you don't find uh, elsewhere. And uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Hey, tell us tell us, Mike, a little bit now. I know you there was just an article in Bowler's Journal magazine about a tournament that you ran. So you know, tell us a little bit about that. Um, that was my first attempt at ever running a tournament. Um, you know, since I, I resigned from the, from the PBA, I wanted to, to start my own kind of, uh, own, own kind of tournaments. Um, and, uh, I chose to, to limit the balls to, uh, just polyesters. Uh, try to get everybody, uh, throwing virtually the same equipment. Um, and, uh, that to me is, is more of a, of a pure test of what bowling is about. Um, and I think that, uh, that, uh, everybody's throwing virtually the same equipment, um, on very difficult conditions really pulls out the, the art of bowling. Um, and it helps uh, with the way the scores add up, you know, when there's, when there's more, uh, there's more spares than strikes, uh, it's a totally different attack plan. And, uh, we didn't get the entries that we were looking for, but I did throw it together in just a two-month period, so I'm sure it will grow. But uh, as far as watching, you know, the outcome of the tournament, Chris Lowshedder won, and there is absolutely no doubt that he he pulled better than anybody else throughout the weekend. It was a long, grueling format, um, total pin, so there was no elimination matches. Uh, and at the at the end of it, it actually did come down to uh, the final frame. And uh, Chris Bold, just absolutely awesome. His management of, uh, of the lanes um, and his spare shooting uh, shot making was just absolutely incredible. And I, I really, really enjoyed watching the game played that way. I think it was really, really special. And we're going to 
we're going to grow uh, some, some more tournaments, you know, as well as growing this tournament. We're going to grow some more with some different uh, different uh, ways of playing it, not just plastic balls and not just uh, flat patterns to where it's just brutally difficult. Uh, we've got uh, some other things going on, and actually we have another tournament coming up, uh, the Erie Scratch Classic, uh, $3,000 first for a $100 entry fee, and uh, pretty tough conditions. Um, last year we had 199 entries, and uh, and uh, Eric Kornog uh, won, I think, the year before. Um, uh, now I don't remember who won the first one, but anyway, it's coming up February 20th and March 1st. So we're just trying to try to do our part to make more uh, more challenging tournaments with a variety of different uh, different formats. So, Mike, the PBA tried the the whole plastic ball tournament too. Were you out on tour when that was going on? And if and if you were, what do you remember? Because what I recall from that tournament is they lightened up the volume and lightened up the loads of oils, so people were still getting the plastic pretty much to hook or just playing straight down the boards, and it was just a, it was a score fest. Is that is that how you remember it? Were you bowling at that time? Yeah, I I, I bowled. Uh, I believe I bowled two of them. Maybe actually, I think about three of the plastic ball tournaments. I made the show in in uh, in one of them in Long Island, um, but uh, yeah, they did lighten the load so that the the plastic balls could hook, which I totally agree with. But they were very easy. You know, there was still a a huge uh, uh, cliff. You know, somewhere around the second arrow, whether it was eight, nine, ten boards or so, the the pattern really uh, really jumped up. The volume jumped up at that, so that the scores were were still pretty high. Um, and that's okay. You know, there should be different, you know, scoring paces. Um, but yeah, those those they they kind of they kind of walled them up, walled them up for that plastic ball tournament. But uh, but I really liked it because the the the, lane, the pattern the lanes don't change nearly as much uh, with the polyester covers because they don't they don't create the friction, they don't absorb the oil. Um, so there's a lot less guessing, and, and the and the moves and adjustments are are much smaller. And I don't. I don't make half board adjustments uh, with, with the current bowling balls. When you go back to plastic balls, half board adjustments really make a difference in how the ball enters enters the pocket, enters enters the pins. So I really enjoy it. I, I think that that's a that's a, a way to to, to compete um, that should be used more often. Um, I don't I don't think it should be the only way to compete, but uh, I think that, that there is a different art. Um, that uh, kind of gets overlooked sometimes, and I think that uh, it's a very uh, attractive way to play the game. So are, are you using or incorporating either polyester or maybe even urethane bowling balls in your current arsenal, or what are you, what, what are you using nowadays? Well, I don't, uh, I don't carry a, you know, a spare ball, so to speak, um, and, and I, I do carry around a urethane ball for just in case when they're, there might be a, you know, a lot more friction or a lot more over-under uh, than typical. Um, but uh, I don't really use it so much because the new balls, when you're competing against other people that are throwing the new balls, you're going to be at a disadvantage if you're not using the latest, greatest, that's for sure. Uh, as far as my arsenal get now goes, well, I drilled, uh, I drilled a high-road solid a few months ago, and it has been, uh, it has been very difficult to take out of my hands. And I've always uh, been a big fan of... Uh, of the high road core, uh, you know, the original came out in early 2008, I think. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody on on the planet that drilled more of those balls than I did, especially when I was on tour. Um, and, uh, high road pearl came out uh, a while back. That was uh, just a skinny, it snappier version of it. 
uh, when the solid came out, I was I was really excited. This thing just uh, just reads just about every pattern. Um, it, it, it reads it the right way. Uh, there's doesn't ever seem to be too much oil for it, and even when they get chopped up and broken down a little bit, I I can still get it to to retain energy, and it just seems to allow me to do all my different tricks, and the ball responds uh, to those tricks the way I expect it to. It doesn't do anything tricky, just really predictable. So, Mike, you also work a lot of coaching clinics, and you've been doing that now for a number of years. You Obviously, you must enjoy that aspect of, of, of the game and, and our sport. So talk about what makes you a, a, a unique coach because there's so many coaches out there. And then also talk about how when you're a bowler, that doesn't always mean that equate to a good coach. Yeah, um, I really, really, really love coaching. Uh, the, the, to see the joy of someone that, that you know, gets to that next level or accomplishes something new or they realize that they're capable of, of, of uh, you know, just say throwing a ball a, a way that they didn't know that they could before. I, I really love to do that. Um, and uh, as far as being a good coach versus a good bowler, um, you really have to have a, an understanding of just of fundamentals and physics and how the body works and, and how muscle memory um, is, is going to, to subconsciously, you're always going to want to go back to, to old habits. And if you're making a change, um, I read somewhere that uh, it takes 500 repetitions to get rid of a bad habit. And then it takes a thousand repetitions uh, to create muscle memory off of the new one. And that's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot of repetition. Um, so I think it's very important as a coach to teach someone how to get rid of a bad habit. So I'm a big believer in exaggeration. In order to learn something new, you have to exaggerate beyond you know, what is correct so that you eliminate the bad habit. You eliminate those old muscles that were firing, and then you gradually work back to where uh, so, so-called perfect would be. Uh, if someone has extremely late timing, I think that the way you teach them to get proper timing is to take them to the, completely to the early side. Never let them be late ever, ever again. Teach them to be early and then dial that into where perfect would be. So I think it, it just comes from an understanding uh, instead of just reading a textbook and, and trying to keep your shoulders straight and walk a tightrope. There's a, there's a lot more to it than that, uh, especially now that the game has evolved into a much more powerful game um, you kind of have to throw out those theories from the from the you know, decades ago, 50s, 60s, and 70s, traditional way of, of thinking of coaching, and throw those out and really look into the new ones, um, which are a lot different than that that straight up the boards kind of game. Who were your uh, Who were your coaches over the years that helped you get your game to where it's at? Well, Mike Shady uh, was was a big help right before college, and then of course uh, Bill Straub at Nebraska. Um, you've always worked with, uh, Norm and, and Norm Duke and Brian Voss, uh, were my best buddies on the tour. And I don't, I don't know that there's, uh, anybody out there that really understands the game the way that those two guys do, um, as far as versatility and, and management of tools and that kind of thing. Uh, I definitely learned the most from those two guys. Um, and I've got a good relationship with Ron Palombi Jr., who's also from Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, I worked with him with a kid and I still, uh, still work with him here and there. Uh, he, he still bowls some local tournaments and stuff, so he's always in there. Um, but uh, you know, we have a pretty big family here in Erie, um, and uh, a lot of people uh, 
a lot of people have well, some input that I respect. So I've got I've got quite a few, but mainly uh, you know Norm and Brian really taught me the most along the way. And, and Ron, he was a heck of a bowler on tour uh, as well himself. Is he is he still bowling, or is he is he going more along the the coaching route like we were talking about? Who is that, Bob? Ron Ron Palombi Jr. Oh, Ron Palombi. Um, well, he, yeah. you know, he had an injury uh, uh, several years back uh, to his to his bowling hand that kind of uh, inhibited him from from bowling you know, as much as he used to. But he still uh, he still bowls uh, some weekend tournaments here at home, and uh, he's still really really good. We just finished up the Times Do's Open, uh, which is the, the greatest local tournament I've ever seen. It's uh, three weekends of bowling at five different bowling centers. Uh, around Robin match play format at the end of 16 games the final weekend and uh, he came down to the final day and all of a sudden here comes Palombi rocketing up the leaderboard and uh, and uh, he can he can still get it done he's a he's a two-time major champion and and uh, he still wants the juices gets flowing it's like riding a bike for him he's he's still he's still a killer. Again, joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Mike Machuga. Uh, Mike, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up a blog that you posted last uh, end of last year that got a, quite a bit of attention. If you want to read the blog in its entirety, you can go to machugabowling.com. Uh, just a, a great blog you started there, Mike. But let's talk about kind of the gist of it, because in going back and rereading it, it seemed like in your thoughts, in your opinion, there's a lot of blame to go around and a, a lot of things that we can do that, that are going a certain direction, not necessarily in a good direction, but you feel that there's a lot of blame to be placed, whether it be you know, the PBA, USBC, um, the, the proprietors who, who continue to put out easy shots, which then condition the bowler to think that they should be, you know, the house, typical house bowler, they should be shooting 700 every night. So uh, talk about what, you know, the reaction you receive from that, and then also what your thoughts are as far as how we can fix some of the things in there. Well, you know, the, the the response that I got uh, was was pretty overwhelming. Actually, there's there's so many many people out there that uh, that agree with much of what I said in that blog, um, and uh, you know you're, we're never going to take away the, the recreational side uh, of this game. Uh, you know, I'd be a hypocrite to say that I I don't enjoy a bowling league. I got I bowl my Thursday night league um, every week. Have a good time with my buddies. Average 237 or whatever the heck it is, and, and actually our center's a little bit lower scoring than, than the other ones around. Um, so I'd, I'd be lying if I if I don't if I said I didn't enjoy that. Um, there's definitely a, a, a place for um, you know the, the typical house shot, so to speak. Um, but uh, when we when we look at the competitive side of the game, uh, it's just not very attractive to play it that way. You know, as as you get you know, you look at other sports, just like we'll throw golf in there. As you get to be a better golfer, you don't play the red tees anymore. You don't play the forward tees. And as you get to even a better golfer, you don't leave a tee behind you. You go there and you play the, the golf course as hard as it can be played. It's more of a, it's a, it's more of a test. It's a better challenge. I think that that side of bowling needs to be more attractive. Um, that's the reason I'm, you know, I just started my turn with the polyester uh, balls and the flat patterns. Uh, I just think that there's better tests out there. And from what I gather, I think there's a, there's a younger generation out there that is actually wanting more of a challenge. Uh, and that that to me shows that there is there is some life left. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. If these younger if these younger kids uh, are 
are wanting more of a challenge and are recognizing that uh, the typical house shots are are kind of a joke. Uh, man, they would rather do it. Uh, well, to play the game more of a challenge. Uh, that that just shows that we've we've, we've got some some future ahead that, that's looking brighter. Um, you know, as far as what happened in the past, you know, I, I stated it all in my blog. There's there's some you know, long history of uh, of what happened, uh, and that's just kind of an answer. That blog is an answer of what happened to the game, and that's my opinion of what happened. As far as moving forward, I think uh, I think Chad Murphy uh, is is he's one of the right people to to to, to make some decisions that that uh, could benefit. Um, I know there's been some some recent rule changes. Um, regarding drilling, uh, balls with extra holes. Uh, I think that was a great, a great, uh, step. Um, there's been some, uh, some other rules as far as adjusting for sport conditions. I don't think it's, it's perfected by any means, but we're, we're moving the right direction. And I think that, uh, the chat is a, is a, is a key component uh, of that. I think that, uh, that, uh, he's, he's a really smart individual. Uh, he gets it. And uh, I think that uh, you know, we just keep keep getting get the right people in charge to make the the important and crucial decisions to to grow the future of it. Well, I know they just uh, you know they just hired Roger Nordhook uh, to be their uh, director of of the youth development down there. So that shows a strong you know commitment to uh, developing the kids and kind of regaining sort of that younger generation. But the the young tournament players, you know, those who compete in junior gold and the team USA trials, you're absolutely right. They're, they're demanding the tougher conditions and they don't really enjoy bowling on house shots. And they'll, they'll tell you that. And that's what, you know, we've heard that time and time again. Yeah. I, I really think that, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of going dead. You know, the, the, the inflated averages and scores and award scores, I think it's just kind of ran its course. And I, I think that, uh, uh, the, the more challenging uh, conditions are are more attractive to the younger generations. Um, that, that's 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 got to be where we where we go. You know, it's in, in golf courses. It seems like the members of certain courses would rather see their golf course be more challenging, even though they want it user friendly. Uh, they would rather see it as, hey, come to our place and take our challenge, rather than in bowling. It seems like come to our place, we'll raise your score. Um, and, uh, if we can get that focus to, Hey, come here and take our challenge, um, and make that attractive. I think, uh, I think that would be beneficial, uh, to, 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 to a huge degree. We also would yeah, make it, the, the handicapping much easier and make more sense if we find a way to really govern those, uh, the pins and the, and the kickbacks and, and, and handicap a certain bowling center, so to speak, um, we would level level off the playing field for the handicap events. You just can't have uh, a bowling center down the road where guys average 240. Um, you go to another center that average 210, but their averages are worth the same, you know, regardless if they're sport compliant or not. It's it's the same average, and, and there's not an understanding of what the playing fields are. Well, and that's where the the tricky part of re-rating people when they go to tournaments, and I. You know, I think people a lot of times these days, tournament directors are kind of afraid to re-rate people because they're afraid they're going to lose entries if they're re-rating people. So they just go off of the old, you know, the old book average 
and um, and it doesn't always work, like you said, because uh, uh, every house is is created different. Um, final question I got to ask you before we go. I'd be remiss. The Matuga flop uh, is known worldwide now. So talk about that and how that whole thing came to fruition. Uh, just you, just you saying the Matuga flop just puts a smile on my face. I uh, I uh, I've always kind of been a, a little bit of a jokester, uh, and uh, my father was also. As a kid, I saw him do it. Um, in some Friday night mixed league, I was very young, I don't know, four years old or so. And, and, uh, sure enough, the next time I got the ball, I had to go imitate dad. So I went and dove down the lane with my hand in the ball and it just kind of, it's kind of evolved. And, uh, I think uh, Steve would even remember at the mega buck tournaments in the high roller, I would, I would speak it in at the end of the week and in the final game, uh, just kind of hang on to it and go for a ride. And, I decided when I went on tour, when I won my first one, as long as the last shot didn't mean anything, that was going to be my celebration. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of branded me to it, um, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, now at the end, at the end of trick shot shows and, and, uh, coaching things, I'll get requests to do it. So I usually do it at the, at the end to kind of celebrate, uh, the end of something. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten to do it in a lot of different countries and, uh, uh, even done it to, I'll stick somebody in chair and, and I'll, and I'll kind of flop at them and go into their chair. I did it to, to a Buckeye guy one time at Jimmy Johnson's, uh, uh, juvenile diabetes benefit. They stuck Buckeye guy in the chair and I did it and he didn't know it was coming. It was, uh, it was pretty entertaining because he, he freaked out. I was, as, as I was in flight, it was pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool to be branded to that thing. I've actually got a little silhouette of it uh, that goes on my jerseys and, and, uh, I guess I'll forever be known as that guy. Well, thanks a bunch for joining us, Mike. We could we could chat for on and on, and we'll definitely have to have you on again. Oh, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, and uh, Hank, give me a call anytime. 